This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Hedua, the Home Educating Family Association. You can find them at hedua.com. Hey, hurlers, this is Fletch. And, you know, because podcasts can last forever, we have done our best not to get involved in current news stories. However, there are times when the current events have lessons to learn that can last forever. And that's the case with the most recent news event in homeschooling. Why would a man who helped build a multi-million dollar TV empire play so fast and loose with family values? Josh Duggar. Josh Duggar. Josh Duggar. Fallen moralist Josh Duggar. Fresh controversy for former reality TV star Josh Duggar among the millions of Ashley Madison users outed in a hack exposing would-be cheaters. Duggar. You know, this is a tough story, and it's a hard conversation for us to have. And we don't fault you if you decide not to listen. But we promise you, we're going to look at this story with the eyes of the gospel. And I think... At the end, you'll find that the conversation we have is one of tremendous encouragement, and it's a conversation that's meant to build you up, not just as a homeschooler, but as a Christian, as a believer, as a person. So we'd love for you to stick with us. This is episode 66 of Homeschooling in Real Life, What Josh Duggar Forgot. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We want to welcome you to episode 66 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, What Josh Duggar Forgot. Are we going to go there, Fletch? Oh, we are going there, and we are going there in style tonight. (laughs) Okay, well, Ed, i got to tell you, though, um, I didn't really want to go there. Why? (laughs) Well, it's a hot topic, and um, complicated, and I've read, oh, probably 25 blog posts, and, uh, you know, other writings about this topic, all floating all around social media. Uh, Lots of heated, heavy, emotional opinions. But we've been asked by our listeners to broach this one. We're going to go there because people need to hear our opinion on it, don't they? Oh, no, I don't have an opinion. (laughs) You don't have an opinion on this. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm just going through our notes here. We're going to have a a real great discussion about a very important topic and one that is just currently all over. You're right about that. But hey, before we get started, what's going on around here? I just got back from a retreat. I was up in the California Sierra Nevadas. And let me tell you something, Missy. Over yes. there, uh-huh. I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> yes, but because <laughs> people are thinking, like, what is he apologizing about? You know, not only did I take off and leave you home with the kids, but mm-hmm. I was in a cabin full of men from church. Yes, yes. And there was this guy who snored like a banshee. <laughs> 
So, so a little taste of your own medicine, in yeah, other words. I had my earplugs in. I slept like a baby. So this guy was snoring like a banshee. So uh, sorry. I'm sorry for that. But, you know, while I was away, uh, we're getting ready to send our third oldest son to Europe this week. I know. Yeah, it's part of his, uh, you know, he's taking this gap year. I think we've talked about that with our listeners. We have, actually. If you're interested in what a gap year is, we've actually written about this on the Homeschooling in Real Life blog, too. So we've had, this is our second son to do that. Just taking a year off between high school and college. Um, a a year with purpose. Yeah, and he's kicking his off at Europe. He's going. It's a it's a very funny trip. He's going with two young women to Europe. Yeah, and it's a safe trip because they're both connected to other guys in their lives. But uh, so this is a safe trip for him to to go away. He's really looking. He'll be gone a month, going yeah. to Spain, France, and Italy. And this was going to put a huge dent into our family because he is. <sighs> Currently at home, he's our only other driver. Yeah, he's a willing only other driver, too. Like, no problem, Mom, I got this. I'll take Joe yeah. to school. You know, I'll, oh, I'll run. Although, you know what? He didn't go to the dairy today and get milk. Yo, and it really doesn't matter that he's willing or not, because like I said, he's the only other he's driver. Only, it wasn't yeah, exactly. like, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's one of the two. No, he's the only one. And he's leaving. Oh, well, and actually, we have a helper who comes in um, a couple days a week and helps us out. And she's like a daughter to us. We've just known her forever. And she's going on this trip with him. To Europe, yeah. So then we're <laughs> so losing, losing everybody. both of our, yeah. Losing so all the help. This today, what happened today? Well, today, our 16-year-old daughter, who turned 16 in July, got her license. Yeah, Glory, so, hallelujah. But it was one of those things because a month ago, she took her driver's test. And do you know what happens if you pull up to an intersection and it says no turn on red and you turn on red? You fail your test. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, so that's a, what happened. Very a month rightfully, ago. too. I, I'm 100 percent behind the, <laughs> the thinking of that the person one. Yes, that, yeah. that failed her. Like, yes, that's true. That's yes, one of the. You. That's a yeah. basic. So she had a good month of kind of sobering up, which was good. You know, I mean, she was just yeah. she's the first one out of the four oldest to have gotten her permit and just be like, okay, let's go. I want to drive. You know, and I'm thinking, yeah, oh right. my goodness. Yeah. So we had. So she had a little tempering. That was good. And then, uh, and then yesterday we go to get her test, take take her test yesterday morning, and you're gone, of course, right? And we get there, and she's all ready, and she and I had spent at least an hour driving around the whole area and making sure she was very comfortable and was, you know, doing yeah. well. And uh, we get there, and the guy says, I'm sorry, we don't have any record of your appointment here today. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> My head hit the countertop. I was like, no. So he said, we, and we, uh, I'm going to make an appointment for you. Our next time is September 18th. And I'm like, no, this cannot happen. I need her to take people to piano and things and like this. And in a hand of God, he swept in. Well, yeah, because I, we got in the car and I'm like, sis, we cannot, we're not going to take it here. We, we live in a little town that's surrounded by a lot of other little towns. And there's a lot of other options for DMVs, even if we have to drive an hour away. So I got on my phone you know, pulled up that app and, um, there was an appointment. I kid you not at eight fifteen this morning in a nearby city. I mean, really yeah. ridiculous. 20 minutes away. Yep. And how, how yesterday morning we got an appointment at the DMV for the next morning. Uh, that was an act of God. So and she, took she it passed. And she passed. Yeah. So we have another driver for the month that he's gone. So Woo-woo. guys, we shared that story because this is real life. Real life yeah. is, you know, gap years. Real life is kids leaving. Real life is no drivers, then drivers and God's hand moving. So it's a little bit about a scheduling nightmare. Really? Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, that is the thing I think um, that is you just don't realize when you have so many kids, you know, as you're having them, (laughs) when they're all like under, you know, 15 years old, 
there's there's not a whole lot of schedule uh, gymnastics you have to play. No, yeah, it's just you do um, this and you do this and you go to bed. Right, but <laughs> as they get older, yeah, exactly. And as they get older, and there's you know more stuff going on and. Um, just basic things like having to get to the SAT test on a Saturday morning or having, I mean, I'm not even talking about like extracurriculars because you could say no to all those, I guess, but you know, our kids are involved. They, they volunteer, they're in youth groups, they are in sports, you know, all these things. And we want them to have these full lives and these experiences and these building these relationships. And so the scheduling logistics in this household is absolutely insane. That and the paperwork. And it's another real life topic. So that's, things. that's exactly why we wanted to talk about that tonight. Yeah. You know, Kendra, I'm looking I'm looking at my paper notes here on what we yeah. want to talk about. Yes. We need to get into this topic All or right. we are going Let's to be it. buried. Let's do it. Let's uh, hear from our friends at Hedgewa and then we'll get started. You know, we are really excited to be working with Hedgewa, the Home Educating Family Association. You know, when Kendra and I work with a company and advertise for them, we want to know more about them and their products than just a name. One of the things I've loved about Hedgewa is that the entire company seems to be made up of homeschool moms who really know their product as well as their customers. You know, I like to poke behind the scenes and find out just who is behind Hedgewa. And I found that when I had a chance recently to go online and meet with their customer service manager, once again, she's not only a homeschool mom, but she's a homeschool grad. Um, My name is Tisha Priest. I live in Maine, and um, I'm a second-generation homeschooler. My mom homeschooled me starting in junior high, going through high school. My husband and I, when we were dating, talked about homeschooling and decided that we thought that was the best option for us should we have any children. So here I am, 16 years later, homeschooling four kids. And how do you fit into the Hedgewa family? Well, I started out um, writing some reviews for Hedgewa a few years ago, and I've done some writing for their blog and the magazine. And then when they asked me if I would be interested in taking over their customer service, the chance to actually work for a company whose products I absolutely loved myself was just it was so exciting. I was I was thrilled for the chance. You know, a lot of companies track how they do things well. But since I had the customer service manager on a Skype call, I thought it would be fun to ask her just how she handles things when they don't go so well. You have to be on the front lines of people asking questions or confused about products or, you know, a magazine didn't show up at the right time or the, there's some problem. Um... Uh, tell me, what is your approach to dealing with customers? First of all, I always want to come across as being friendly and helpful because that, that's what I love about doing customer service is I love being able to help people and give them a good experience because Hedgewa's products are so great that I want their, their experience dealing with customer service to be just as good as our products are. 
We've loved working with Hedgewa, and we think the people working behind the scenes are just wonderful there. But you know, if they gave me access to their employees, they should have known that I was also going to ask some very real questions. Tisha, at Homeschooling in Real Life, we talk about real life issues. Are homeschoolers easy to deal with, or are they crazy? Most, most people, honestly, are wonderful to deal with and are very reasonable. You know, I mean, sometimes people will be upset because something got messed up, but, you know, most people are very very easy to deal with and are are happy to to work with us when you are dealing with the public it doesn't matter what demographic you're always occasionally going to wind up having to deal with someone who who's a little bit difficult (laughs) (laughs) but but you know for the most part um dealing with our customers is is a good experience you know and, and i greatly enjoy it and (laughs) <laughs> All right, so we're not an overtly crazy crowd, then, the homeschooling. Not people. typically, no. <laughs> All right, hurlers, in the show notes on this episode, we want you to click through to Hedgewa.com. That's the Home Educating Family Association, Hedgewa.com, H-E-D-U-A.com. That was Sarah Groves. Kendra, that's like your favorite singer. Yeah, that's one. She makes a lot of appearances on this podcast, courtesy of you. She's um, quite the lyricist, although I know that song was not written by her, but she her lyrics are meaty. Yeah, so you know, we chose that song, like we choose a lot of our songs, to kind of get us into the topic. And, you know, our title is What Josh Duggar Forgot. And mm-hmm. I know we're gonna get a lot of listeners tuning in. There might be some that are tuning in for gossipy type stuff, like oh, let's let's talk about it. let's let's rip these people apart, you know, people that have fallen. Let's let's skewer them. Let's talk about it. And that's not at all what we're going to do. So if you came here, you know, kind of surfing the internet, and you go, oh, I wonder what these homeschool parents are going to talk about. If you think we're going to just rake someone through the coals, we're not. As much as we're going to rake all of us through the coals, you know, and it's not going to be just one person specifically. Mm-hmm. Right. Even though we've used a name, we did that because it's just a relevant topic. Yeah. So how about if we start with just the facts? Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know kind of who we're talking about, Josh Duggar is um, the oldest son in the Duggar family. And if you don't know who that is, um, maybe you've been under a rock. And if you have, I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying they have been probably one of the biggest um, reality TV families on TLC's oh, yeah. 19 and counting. The oldest son of, um, what are their names? I don't watch the show. <laughs> Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar okay. are their names. Yeah. Thanks. Because I, like, I, like I'm saying, I haven't listened to it. So, oh, and by the way, Fletch, we're not going to roast them either. No. And so that's why, you know, we're. I just read, I, sorry, I keep seeing blog posts on what they did wrong too, which is a trap, you guys. I'm just going to say this right here now. It's a trap to look at this family and say, well, this is why that happened or because they didn't, they did this or they didn't do it. So therefore we're not going to do it like that. We're going to, and jump to some other example of what you are going to do yeah, right, or exactly, jump to some good. other author or some other 
parenting curriculum or whatever, because those aren't the answer. Yeah, thank you for saying that, Kendra, because I don't think I even thought of that. You know, not that I need to think of everything on the show, but thank you for bringing that up. That's a very valid point. Hey, I'm this. just speaking from experience because yeah. I know I've done that oh, before. Geez. I'm like, oh gosh, well that. How, oh, we're well, going to talk kid, about you know. that tonight with yeah. somebody that we currently I really love. Yeah. You know, ran into Sonia. This is yeah. what the facts are. Uh, in May of this year. Um, there was some rumors starting to spread on the internet about um, Josh Duggar and a, a charge of molestation. Now, here's what he said. He said, and this is back in May, he said, 12 years ago, as a young teenager, I acted inexcusably, for which I'm extremely sorry and I deeply regret. I hurt others, including my family and close friends. I confessed this to my parents, who took several steps to help me address the situation. We spoke with the authorities where I confessed my wrongdoing and my parents arranged for me and those affected by my actions to receive counseling. I understand that if I continue down this wrong road, that I would end up ruining my life. And he concluded to say, I would do anything to go back to those teen years and take different actions. I sought forgiveness from those I had wronged and asked Christ to forgive me and came into my, and come into my life. In my life today, I am so very thankful for God's grace Mercy and Redemption. He was speaking mm-hmm. of an issue that had happened, um, if I remember correctly what I read, 12 years prior. Um, it came out a few days after that that some of those that had been molested were his own sisters. Yeah. Okay, so that's the first thing. Now, fast forward to, I mean, and that's bad enough. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's a bad mm-hmm. enough history. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, again, 12 years ago. So mm-hmm. a little more recently um, was in August, um, he was um, outed on the hack of the Ashley Madison um, website data breach. Okay, so in case people are, I don't want to say you live under a rock, because that's not very nice. I said that. Okay. I said it once already. Okay, well, in in case you don't, you're not familiar. I, I mean, I didn't know what this site was until this whole thing broke. So Ashley Madison is a website for people who are married to create accounts that they can find other married people looking to have affairs. Not even married people, I don't think. Just oh, find okay. people have affairs. See, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, anyhow, this was, he was on there, caught for having had his email on there, yeah. which, you know, okay, so your email is on there. Like I said, maybe someone, you know, did right, it as a hack right. or we something. Right, right. We've got to be careful with some of these things yeah. because, yeah. So we're it's, not even going down allegations. Rumors. I'm just right. going down what he said. So right. in just a couple weeks ago, August 20th, this is what he said. A statement was posted. Um, he said, I have been the biggest hypocrite ever while espousing faith and family values. I have secretly over the last several years been viewing pornography on the internet and this became a secret addiction and I became unfaithful to my wife. I humbly ask for your forgiveness. Please pray for my precious wife, Anna and our family during this time. Um, so again, um, you know, he said, I brought hurt and reproached my family. Um, close friends and fans of our shows with my actions that happened when I was 14 to 15 years old. And now I've rebroken their trust. So the rest of the story is he is married. He has a wife named Anna. These are real people. Yeah. Four kids, four kids, Mm -hmm. a brand new um, child recently. Mm -hmm. So these are real people we're talking about, but you know, it's not just about Josh Duggar. There've been other people in the homeschool world. So, you know, last year um, we had uh, the, the, Bigger story of Doug Phillips. If you don't know who he was, he was the head of Vision Forum Ministries and the Vision Forum Company. Yeah, and, a and Vision speaker. Forum. Yeah, he was a very uh, dynamic and compelling conference speaker, very popular. And Vision Forum Ministries, um, 
espoused quite a lot. They had a huge grip and hold on the homes, Christian homeschooling movement. Yeah, and so this is what he said. This is back actually almost two years ago now in, in 2013. There's been serious sin in my life for which God has graciously brought me to repentance. I've confessed my sin to my wife and family, my local church, and the board of Vision Forum Ministries. I engaged in a lengthy, inappropriate relationship with a woman. Uh, while we did not know each other in the biblical sense, it was nevertheless inappropriately romantic and affectionate. I don't need to get into the, the further details of his resignation. Mm-hmm. He went on to clarify that it was inappropriate in yeah. a, a follow-up. And then more recently, last year, there was uh, Bill Gothard, who, um, from Bill Gothard Ministries, but also known from ATI, uh, kind of a following there. He said um, he he resigned and was asked to resign, actually, amidst allegations of um, some sexual harassment and molestation. Now, his board is researching that. Um, so at this point, um, where we're recording this, there's nothing other than the response to an allegation. But here you have two conference speakers, two you know, kind of main leaders. You have Josh Duggar, who's uh, super popular also in the homeschool world, mm-hmm. um, and Kendra's heard him speak. Um, we have three big ones that fell. But, you know, we're not just talking about the homeschool world. On this podcast, we are. Because, you know, these are people that lead others or that others look up to and, you know, they're falling like flies. We think we see something going on behind the scenes that we want to talk about openly tonight. Mm -hmm. But it's not just here, Kendra. It's pulpits. Yeah. Well, it's pulpits as far back as I can remember. Um, Because, like, I, you know, I think I've shared before, I was raised by parents who love God and raised in the church um, and... It was childhood pastors for yeah. me. And I'm sure know? our listeners are, are doing the same thing, like, yeah. oh, yeah, our pastor did that, or yeah. the pastor in our town. But, you know, even, and, and just so you also don't think that we are picking on this man or these other men who are homeschooling leaders that we just didn't agree with. Right. You know, we're not throwing people under the bus. You know, my favorite current author in the Christian world, Talian Trevijan, mm-hmm. he was... Um, you know, he's a pastor. He's a, he's a, we talk about him often on here. It's a Jesus grandson plus, of Billy Graham. Yeah. And Jesus plus nothing equals everything. I mean, you hear that come off of my lips regularly. Mm-hmm. He stepped down amidst uh, a scandal where he confessed to an affair and is divorcing his wife and lost his pulpit and lost Liberate Ministries. And, <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's overwhelming. And we want to talk about what these men forgot. So let's take a break here and let's pick up right where we left off. Hey, this is Fletch, and I want you to listen to one of my favorite sounds. Mm, That is the sound of hot water being pushed through freshly ground coffee, which eventually leads to the pouring of coffee and then the drinking of coffee. One of my favorite things to do. You know, this podcast is sponsored in part by Caroline's Coffee out of Grass Valley, California. They are hand-roasting coffee, hand-packaging it, 
and sending it directly to your doorstep. And if you look at it, the cost of buying coffee online and having it sent to your door uh, can sometimes be cheaper than the coffee you buy in the store. Now, I realize if you buy cheap coffee and all you want is canned, stale coffee, well, you'll be able to beat the price any day. But if you want freshly roasted, hand-roasted coffee that's a coffee bean you choose, uh, you know, buying coffee online and sending it to your door, that's the way to do it. And Caroline's Coffee is the place to do it, especially when you use our code, which is H-I-R-L for Hurl. Our hurlers can go to carolinescoffee.com and get 10% off any coffee you want. You know, that's something I want you to do. As a listener of this podcast, uh, I'd love you to go to Caroline's Coffee and buy a pound of coffee. Try it yourself and tell me if you agree that this is really, really good coffee. You know, it's a way to sponsor a free podcast. Uh, Do something you love. Get a pound of coffee. Help us and help Caroline's Coffee. Hey, thanks for doing that. And tell them that Fletch and Kendra sent you. Hey, this is John Wilkerson from The Wired Homeschool over at thewiredhomeschool.com. You're listening to Fletch and Kendra on homeschooling in real life. We want to start maybe in a different path, and that's this idea, Kendra, of the the world that these let's start with the homeschooling people and we'll maybe just ignore the other ones we're talking about. Okay. In this homeschool world, um, what is it? What is the environment that breeds this? Well, I think in Christendom in general, and um, you know, I think I can say I'm somewhat of an expert. <laughs> Forty five years in the church, um, and I think there is something about our sin natures that wants a king, right? And so let's go back to the Israelites saying, we want a king, we want a king, we want a king. And God is saying, hey, you guys, I I am your king. (laughs) You don't need anything else, but no, we want a king. And so he gives them Saul. And and him giving them a king, it, it just never really went well, did it? Because they they shifted hope to that king um, and off of God and wanted the, you know, revered the king and held the king up. And I think we're doing the same thing today. Okay, I think so I really didn't know where you're going with this. So where, what do you think we're doing? What I'm saying is that I think so often we do this yeah. to these men and women. So in we're ministry. propping them up. We're or propping we're, or, them up somehow. And, and I see it, you know, gosh, I see it, Fletch. I am not anybody special and I'm not anybody big, but because I speak at homeschooling stuff, I see it in people's eyes who come up to me like this, oh, it's Kendra Fletcher. And I think, oh my gosh, you guys, I put my pants one leg on a time just like you do. And I, and I blow it daily and I blow my nose and I sit on the toilet and I mean, let's just get real. Like it is all, we are none of us 
the yeah. king, you know? Yeah. And so I think part of it is that in Christendom we do this to each other or we do this to people, you know, that... Um, huge expectations? Huge expectations, but also just this sort of a little bit of hero worshiping. Yeah. We place people on thrones. Um, now, if you're prone to that mm-hmm. as a speaker and you're prone to that, oh, affection that people are yeah. giving you and, and don't have your boundaries up, and let's talk about that Maybe yeah. down the so, road a little bit. And more. then on the other side of that, yeah, then you've got those people who are into the in those positions, whether it's a local pastor at a small little church who's very revered by his flock, you know, or or whatever. You begin to listen to this. You begin to listen to this insidious, satanic voice that says, You're all that. Yeah. You're all that. And there's your hope. Look at your identity, your value, your worth, your purpose, your significance is in exactly what these people are telling you and what you want to hear. So in a sense, Kendra, are you are you saying that it's almost like a two-pronged effort? Absolutely. We we feed this and or we expect this of people and then we we are we feed off of it. Yeah. As, you know, anybody and it do, it doesn't take somebody who's well known, you know, on the internet or across the country or whatever, it, it could just be in your own little circle, you know, a a mom could feed off of that from her kids in her household. Um, and, and as we do, we've talked about this before, it's very easy to gain your identity by what it is you're doing rather than in the name of Christ. Now I want to go down two different, well, I want to go down one more path before we actually get to the answer. What did he forget? And that's the question, Kendra, of, um, being in safe environments. And that's really what I was trying to head to at first. And I really like what you had to say. And I think you're right. I mean, I think we live in an environment where we prop these people up yeah, and then we expect so much from them and yeah. we and swell their heads. You know, Fletch, really it's epidemic partly too, because of the era in which we live. I mean, it's 2015. So, you know, you can see YouTube videos of yes. favorite pastors you and minute. you can see, right. yeah, it's not local anymore. It's, you know, it's the latest book or YouTube video hey, or it's the Facebook. Two of us or, sitting in a room yeah, exactly. recording a podcast and, you know, thousands of people will download it. Right. You know, before right. we have a chance to even you know listen to it ourselves sometimes. That's very true. Yeah. So let's go on to this other thing, though. This environment that we live in. And this is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, we live in an unsafe, non-confessional environment. Oh, well, that's another thing. I think that's, that's your that's third prong. Yeah. Well, and it really is something I want to go into because I think, you know, specifically if you're looking at like a Josh Duggar, you don't have the room to fail. No, there is no, no. space to fail. No. So let's say, let's say for him, let's just say he wasn't a puffed-up headed. You know, we we didn't create a monster. You know, let's just look at a homeschool mom. Let's look at, you know, if we go back to that episode, I think it was episode 30 with Kim Crandall. If we go back to that episode where, you know, she's a homeschool mom who eventually ends up in a bathroom thinking about killing herself because she has no space to fail. Right. And that is what I think is a, a very big issue and that is rampant. You do not have a place to fail. And if you're a listener of ours right now, we want you to listen to this. If if you're homeschooling and your parents are watching you like a hawk to fail because you shouldn't be homeschooling, you're already living with the guilt of people watching you. And so you can't fail. So what happens? You start faking it. You yeah. know, we'll, yeah. we'll just pretend we're doing well. When your kid goes off the rails, or maybe that's the wrong term, but, you know, your kids can't fail, and when they do, you have to fake it. 
You have to fake it. And, and when you fake it, you start living this lie. Well, it, it's going to devour you. Oh, absolutely. And so you look at like, I'm, those are just like the ones I'm, there's probably more examples that you can mm-hmm. throw out, but mm-hmm. you know, you have a Joshua who's like, I can't, you know, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't have the tools for dealing with, say, these lusts that he was experiencing. Right. I can't live in confession. And I know, I know for a fact that there are, are men in, in my life that I've come across who could never live in confession with their wives to say, I'm struggling. Yeah. I'm struggling. We just talked about this in the car last week, remember? Mm-hmm. I'm struggling in sexual sin, but I can't tell you this because you're my wife. Mm-hmm. And you will feel devastated if I tell you that I'm, I'm looking at pornography, so I'm not going to tell you. Mm-hmm. But I can't tell anybody else mm-hmm. because I will, I, you know, I'm, I'll lose everything. Right. And I think for men, especially that loss of respect is, is a big one. Don't you think? Like they want to be respected still in the eyes of their peers. Yeah. And we've talked through this one, you know, on this issue. We were talking through this last weekend. You know, this idea that I can't be honest with my wife because she'll think less of me. Right. And, and that's part of that respect. But there's that other little grain that I can't be honest with my wife because it will crush her. Yeah. And I don't want to crush her, so I won't say anything. Right. And and it ends up exploding. So okay. we've got to get real in this world. I mean, especially yeah. in this homeschool world, people. Yeah. Okay. Now, here's another aspect I'm going to throw in there, Fletch, which may take us on a bit of a rabbit trail. But I think the fourth prong for a lot of these leaders is that this is their livelihood. Oh, <laughs> that's a great point. Because we know this for a fact. Mm-hmm. I know a pastor who would not admit to what the issue was because he knew if he admitted to it, he would lose his job. Right. And right. he would lose his income. Okay, so what's that called? Yeah, well, hello. Welcome to the Homeschooling Real Life Podcast. That's hope shifting. <laughs> That's hope you shifting. You have put your hope in your income. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever these issues are. I mean, we're really getting down to that topic. If you cannot live confessional, it's a prison cell and you will have, you will die under that weight. I mean, yeah. I, you're going to have more Kim Crandall's. If you're a homeschooling mom and you're faking it, you're faking that you're, oh, everything's well and the daisies are smelling. You're trying to keep your kids perfect and they're not showing up perfect. You are going to go bankrupt. And if you're listening to our show, this is the time for you to reach out and look for help. Mm-hmm. This is not the time to go bankrupt and think of things like life ending or, you know, burying yourself into, um, you know, horrible depression. This yeah. is the time to start asking for help. You know, I think about um, the the episode we did with Chris Oneth on yeah. transparent parenting. And he, do you remember his illustration was running into the burning building that we're so afraid of running into that burning building. But by doing that, we can address what is burning down, <laughs> you yeah. know, and we can deal with it and we can emerge free from If we ignore the burning that. building, it's going to burn to the ground. Exactly. So let's take a break here, and when we come back, we'll pick this back up and maybe get into the uh, title of this episode finally. Hey, I just wanted to jump in in the middle of this episode with a big announcement. Our good friend, Dr. Melanie Wilson, over at the website psychowith6.com, has just started her second season of her podcast, The Homeschool Sanity Show. Now, we know you love Dr. Wilson because she was a guest of ours on episode 60, Depression and the Homeschool Mom. And she's fantastic, and we're so excited that she's decided to come back for a second season. 
you know, she partners with us over at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. So what we want you to do is head on over there, look for her podcast, The Homeschool Sanity Show. You know, her first episode of this season is called Patience for the Homeschool Mom. Come on, who doesn't need a little more patience with homeschooling? So head on over, check out her podcast, and when you're there, tell her that Fletch and Kendra sent you. We know you're going to love it. Well, we're back from that break, so let's just do a quick refresh of what we were talking about because we've talked about a lot so far. Yeah. This idea that we create these little mini monsters, <laughs> we feed you know their psyche, mm-hmm. um, they become kings of their little domains, yeah. and, and I'm using all these small terms because yeah, it really is earthly. Tiny it's earthly kingdoms yeah. that are ridiculous, and under yeah. that pressure, they crumble. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, what happened to these people that we loved and that told us all these great things? So you know. We become disheartened. Mm-hmm. Um, but we talked just before we went to break about living in environments where, especially in the homeschooling community, where you cannot live confessional. Oh, yeah. And I'm not just talking about the leaders. I'm not talking about the Duggars and the Phillips. Um, I'm talking about um, us. Yeah. I'm talking about you and me so fl- and our <laughs> listeners who cannot live confessionally, cannot say, I am struggling with X, Y, and Z. And you fill in your own X, Y, and Z listener. But before we get too tied up just in the negative, let's talk a little bit about the positive, where we've seen this work. Now, we we had a major change. Listen to Losing Our Religion, that episode. You'll, you'll hear what happened um, to us kind of in the homeschooling world and a big change we made. But we walked into a church about five years ago, and I'll never forget the first time I heard from the pulpit out loud a pastor say, you know, you need to be praying for your pastor because I struggle with the issue of lust. And then I remember another time when a couple got up and they shared a testimony. And, you know, you're in church and you're thinking it's going to be a normal testimony. And if you remember this one, Kendra, it very clearly was getting serious fast. And we knew it was heading somewhere. And I said, you know what's going to happen with this story? In my mind, I'm thinking, this is a testimony about how this couple couldn't get pregnant. And it's going to be a very touching testimony. I can tell just based on the tone and as the testimony went on, it ended up being where one of them said, and that's when I had an affair. And I said, man, this couple just said it out loud, and it was the wife. Right. And it blew me away that this woman would go up with her husband and confess to having an affair. Mm-hmm. And they went on to share the rest of their story about what that did to their marriage and how it ripped them apart mm-hmm. and how they hung in there. And they were there that day, yeah. you know, and, and, and now they've gone on to have a child. It's a great story. You know, it's a mm-hmm. great ending. Mm-hmm. But what was the result of them living in confession? Well, the result of them living in confession in that instance was, was freedom, first of all, for her, because she is now um, a young mom I spend time with. Yeah. And she, she has told me, you know, my lies begat lies. And I, I was lying to myself and I was creating this fantasy world of lie, you know, and it was wrapping me tighter and tighter and tighter. And to break free from that um, has so beautifully allowed others to be free around them. Oh, that service. Yeah. People went up and said, I can't believe what you just said out loud. I'm struggling with the same thing. Yes. You know, that freedom brought freedom to others. And that's exactly what you just said. And I remember for us, well, here's the thing, people, it's going to get messy. <laughs> you know, living in confession is going to, it, sometimes it's going to be lurid. 
right? Is that the word? Oh, Lord? yeah. It, it can be horrible. Yeah. But to live in confession, to be free. If Kim Crandall, like she said, if she had the freedom to be able to say, I'm losing it. Yeah. And I'm going off the deep end. Right. To anyone, mm-hmm. which she couldn't. Mm-hmm. There could have been freedom. What do we see at conventions? Oh, oh, yeah. So I would say, without a doubt, every single time we speak or I speak somewhere, somebody is standing there waiting to talk to me afterwards, quietly. 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 Mm-hmm. Off to the side. Yep. Or <laughs> waiting grabbing. for everybody else to leave. Do you remember one we did recently where the man, a man was speaking to me and I said, you know, let me go get my husband because, you know, yeah. I wanted you in on this conversation. And what people say nine times out of 10 is, I can't share this at my co-op or I can't tell other people this or I can't, you know, I, I'm just very alone in this, but I, but I feel like I could tell you that. And I'm really thankful for that. Um, I'm thankful that they feel like that we're safe to say that too, because then you, you do, that's exactly what happens. You open the door and allow, allow others to say, look at where I'm dying here and I need help. And, and this is where you can say, yeah, that's why you need Jesus. That's why I need Jesus. This is why we need Jesus together. And that's what happens on this podcast. Just us being willing to have this conversation no props to us. It's mm. just the willing to speak it out loud and be public. People listening will say, thank you yeah. for saying it. I'm there. I'm that person you're talking about. And I'm I'm certain someone listening right now is going to go to email and say, Fletch and Kendra, that's me. I don't have anywhere to be honest. Yeah. And and let me just say that this can be you too. You can be those people in in the lives of oh, others around yeah. you. You know, it's not it's not us. It's it's the freedom of of knowing that you are secure in what Jesus has done for you. God is not going to love you any less when you blow it cuz guess what you're going to blow it. Yeah. And he sees Jesus when he looks at your sin. That's what he sees. He sees Jesus bought and paid for your sin and he loves you no less. He's not mad at you. And what's it? How do you get started? How do you get started being confessional? Well, and you know what? That transparent parenting one, you, you have to run in and just be willing to. Okay. But I'm going to, I'm going to be super honest here. It's not easy for me. I've spent a lifetime of being the good girl. I've spent a lifetime of people thinking what a model young Christian woman I was. And then a model mom and a model homeschooling mom and a, and all those things, and it's yeah. baloney. Because and I spent it's years in our marriage crippled yeah. with the truth of something I didn't want to tell you. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to remember the yeah. my the, the confessional that night with good friends yeah. that were just they created a super safe environment. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Good. What did you want to say? I'm like I don't want to say it. Cool. What do you want to say? <laughs> I don't want to say it. But it reminds me of another worship service when we were there, and there was a man on Easter morning who was confessing a sin. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't get the words out. Literally, we could watch him not be able to talk. Mm -hmm. And what happened in the congregation? People started to verbally shout out. Yelling out in the service. We love you, man. Hey, we love you. It's okay. And when they started doing that, we saw chains drop off that guy and confession begin. It was fantastic. So, you know, you're right, Kendra. What you can do, you can be the confessor. You can also be the person that creates the absolute safe place. So um, we we do have some good examples of Christian leaders that we've seen yep. not fall. Yeah, we were just talking about this, that um, two guys um, now, you know, yeah. um, guys in their 40s, uh, you know, 50s, kind of in midway in their, their ministries, who we have seen absolutely 
choose the right thing. One of them, a very popular author and speaker, and you can see him on the internet and hear him and all these things. And a couple of years ago, he said, whoa, I'm done here because this church, uh, a church in Southern California, this church has become all about me. People come here to, to listen to me preach. And if I'm not here, they don't come. Yeah. You know. And he said, guys, this is not about me. This ministry is not me. And he walked away. And really walked into a little bit of an obscure ministry. Totally obscure. I mean, we know like what he's doing. Street we're, level ministry. We're here. Yeah. yeah, he is in often in San Francisco feeding the homeless. Yeah, I dirty mean, hand ministry. Yeah, from top of the heap to that. Yeah, because he saw the potential he of did. where it could go. He did. Now, is he safe? No, <laughs> no, not safe at all. None, none no, of us I mean, we're still we're still kind of propping up what he did. You know, yeah. that was a good thing. The other one was, um, you know, we know Britt Merrick mm-hmm. um, from Reality Church. Yep. We've we've loved following his ministry, and you know, when his little girl Daisy passed away, yeah. Um, um, Daisy was a uh, when she was five, she was diagnosed with she had a, a huge tumor um, in her abdomen. Yeah, the size of a Nerf football. And the reason we even started hearing Brit was because it was right after our mighty Joe um, was so ill. And I mean, Joe, that happened in July. Daisy's um, cancer uh, appeared in September. And my cousin's wife said, I think you need to hear this sermon by this guy who just, they just found out his daughter has cancer. And, um, And he preached a sermon that next Sunday called When My Heart is Overwhelmed. And I wept. Yeah. I wept. And that's how we started hearing um, and, Brit and, it did and following take off. him. It I mean, there was off. a, a yep. huge explosion of that ministry. Yep. And, Popular guy. Yeah. He's, a, he's, he's a cool cat, you know. But in the midst of that, Daisy was literally losing her life, um, you know, very ill. And he walked away to care for his family. Yeah. Walked away from ministry to care for his At, family. Per, and I can tell you, from what I remember of this story, there was the potential to hope shift because he published a book yeah. when she got sick and yes. there was no promotion of that book. Yeah. And actually, it's one of my favorite books. Oh, it's a great... We did it in yeah. our community group. But again, he walked away from money. Yeah. He walked away from promotion of something mm-hmm. he'd created. Yeah, he wrote a book called Godspeed, Making Christ's Mission Your Own. And that was, that was one of my favorite books, Fletch, yeah. we've ever read. Um, but you're right, there was the absolutely... He, he stepped away from yeah, it. he stepped away, right as that book was published, and that's and why nobody's heard of it. became a huge fan of the guys that took over for him. And, yeah. You know, so anyhow, the, we're not going to get tied up in these stories, but the point is... Hey, you know what? Brit's a sinner, too. Yeah. So we're not putting the, him up as the perfect yeah, not thing. But could we have a little hope, I think, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you know, we just see all these pastors fall. There are guys who are saying, who are seeing the danger and walking away, um, and that's a good thing. All right. Do we need to take another break and then come back for the answer finally? Yeah. Let's, <laughs> what, what did Josh let's Duggar forget? Let's wrap it up. Okay.
right, you ready to get to the answer here, Kench? Let's do it. So, Kendra? Yes. What did Josh Duggar forget? The gospel. What did Doug Phillips forget? The gospel. What did Bill Gothard forget? The gospel. Okay. Let's break that down just a little bit before we wrap up the show. You know, at homeschooling in real life, you're probably used to us saying the gospel over and over again. And when I die, if I'm known for repeating the gospel over and over or calling people back to the gospel or pushing people into the gospel, pressing them into the gospel, I don't care. That's a good thing. That's a great thing. But it's not just this fancy term. What do we mean when we say they forgot the gospel? Um, you know, I know for us, Fletch, uh, having been lifelong believers, the gospel is the story of our fall into sin through Adam and Eve and Christ being on earth, sent by his Father God to bear the weight of all of our sin, all of that sin, all of us through time, crucified on our behalf, made clean, redeemed, and restored to God. That's the good news. The, yeah. the, the good, it's good news because without that sacrifice of Christ, we're bound for hell right. and, and separation from God. And it's one way right. from God to us. Right. We don't have a hand to lift up. Right. He reaches down to us. That's why it's good news. Yes. Living in the gospel that's a whole other thing because yeah. I know from my life and you know our our past story of so bound up in religion, I forgot that, and I, by that I mean I thought it was the thing that sort of gets you in, you know, like you you yeah yeah I, I I know the gospel I know that Christ died for me got it got it now what do I do, what do I do and so we forget that the gospel constantly reminds us of whose we are, and what He did for us. And it reminds us that God is more than enough, that Jesus paid it all. He declared, it's totally finished, you guys. I mean, this is what is so amazing. We've heard that every year at Easter time. It is finished. It's finished. There isn't anything to add. What he did is far, far, far more important than what we do. That's what we forget. I think that knowledge that also, you know, if I'm going to expand the gospel out for someone— it's that that is where you find your hope. Yes. That is where you find your identity, your security, your acceptance, your worth, your value. It's so easy to run to the world. It's so easy to run to religion. And those are two separate things. I'm not saying they're the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the world offers all the lusts of the world, all the idols of the mm-hmm. world that make you feel good. And, and you put your hope in them. And you think this is what, this is what it's my money. If I'm only successful enough. That will bring me security. Or like what we see often in this homeschooling world and from some of these men we've talked about, they run to religion and this behaviorism and this is where I'm going to be safe. Yeah. And this is – if I do this and if I preach this, this is where I'll get my security. That's not the gospel. So when we say that he forgot the gospel, I mean he forgot where his worth, his identity, his value and his acceptance was. Right. And so when it all came crumbling down – he had nothing left to stand on. It just it wasn't there because he forgot what he was supposed to be standing on. Ultimately, I think what I'm thinking, Kenj, is this concept of living is loved. Like to know what it means to be loved by God and to live as loved. When you have that, back to what we were talking about earlier, 
you can live confessional. You're loved by God. You can, because you're so loved, because you really get the gospel, that he did everything and he saved you, you are free to be able to either live confessionally or to, to declare where you're struggling. But when you forget that gospel, you forget how deeply you're loved and you think it's about what you're doing or where you're plugged in or politically what you're doing or whatever those things are, they crumble. They're mm-hmm. they're hopeless, worthless, lousy. Can I say crappy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're crappy idols. They're horrible. And I think that's what a lot of these men forgot. I think that's what Kendra Fletcher is going to forget tomorrow morning. Right now. Yeah. And I think that's what <laughs> Fletch is going to do as well. I mean, that's why we exist to continue to remind our listeners of the gospel. Homeschooling sucks as an idol. The beauty of this is that we are always constantly in ministry to one another. You to your spouse, me to my spouse, to my best friend in a text, to my children, to my pastor, to anybody I come in contact with to remind them of the truth of Jesus Christ. Man, we sounded preachy tonight. Mm. But if we're going to preach one thing, we're going to preach Christ and we're going to preach him crucified. Amen. And it's all about Jesus every time. You know, we think this show has the potential to unlock something in you as a listener. You might have heard this, and this is your first show on homeschooling in real life. If this is, this isn't the first time we've talked about this. Yeah, we We, talk a lot about hope shifting. We have a lot of resources for you, and we'd like to get those in your hands. How can you reach out to us, Kenj? Yeah, find us at homeschoolingirl.com, and this week's episode will have show notes packed with some goodies for you. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl and on Twitter at homeschoolirl. Yeah, so reach out to us in any of those ways. Also, we have some shows coming up for you. And what's next week? Well, next week, Fletch, we are going to be hitting that topic that people are wanting to hear us talk about again, which is boys. Boys, 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 boys. Yes, followed by girls. Girls, 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 (laughs) girls. So yeah, two of our favorite ones repeated. Uh, We've done shows on those. So you want to go back and and listen again just to know where we left off on both of those. Those were early shows, so production value was really low. Uh, But we're going to have some fun with those two topics in the next two weeks. Uh, again, reach out to us whenever you want in, to talk about this show. We really hope we sparked an interest. Be sure to visit our sponsors, and thanks for listening. The Homeschooling IRL podcast is a part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Every show is written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information on this podcast or to contact your hosts, please visit us on our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com.